to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Peaches. I'm Zach. And I'm Zar. Well, welcome to episode two of your 2022, boys. How are we doing? Are things going better for us yet? Too early to tell. Too early to tell and greet. You ever said that we didn't record episode two on the upcoming Tuesday, where it's going to be February 22nd of 2022? Is all Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Oops. This is also coming up on the anniversary of me breaking my back. You old ass. <laughs> I mean, are you over that yet? Has your back been broken yet? I know Zach's has been from the massive backlog, but you've just you were just born with a bad back, weren't you? Yeah. Scoliosis for the win. Hey, um, <laughs> did I tell you guys I beat God of War? I beat God of War. Ooh. Yeah, it's about goddamn time. I think we talked about that last time, didn't we? Good. I just feel like it's worth bringing up every time. I beat a game on my backlog. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you know, only four years old. So, okay. Good job. I didn't have Zach. a PlayStation until two years ago. So you be, you be nice. Oh, yeah. That's still two years, though. Be nice. Yeah, you're not very nice. EA Sports. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> wow. <Lols. laughs> No, Zach, genuinely, I'm really excited, actually, that you mentioned that you finally beat God of War, because we do have some God of War news to talk about. But you know what? We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Zach, why don't you take itinerary for the day? What are we doing? All right. All right. So today we are talking God of War. It got released on the PC. Kirby has a gun. Uh, tried to say that kind <laughs> of in tune, but not too in tune, because copyright. With the Aerosmith song, <laughs> Kirby's got a gun. Uh, nope, that's too much. We, it's it's over. He's gone. They got him. Damn it. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> um, and with that, then we get to talk about Pokemon Legends Arceus, PS Now. That's apparently a thing that none of us knew. <laughs> Dying Light, and then Quick Dates. So, uh, Article One, JP, you're the resident Sony guy. Go for it. Yeah, you betcha. All right. So we've already been kind of hey, giving can, a little bit of. Can you read my link title? I thought I did good. You did do good, Zach. <laughs> the the article link that Zach gave us. It's titled God of Wars. Steam says get good. No, Steam says good good or good god. No, that says good Well, that good. says good god. Yeah, you're right. I'm dumb. Anyway, good good. <laughs> Steam says got a war that the, good good. The good good. Steam says good good. <laughs> All right. So getting a little bit into this article, we've got this from Game Rant by Miss Jessica Orr. So thank you very much, Jessica. 
God of War launched for the PS4 in 2018 and was an immediate success, earning many Game of the Year wins and almost universal praise from players. It received a free PS5 patch in February of 2021 that added 60 FPS and 4K checkerboard resolution, baby. Now, God of War is releasing on PC, and fans are getting excited all over again to revisit the modern classic with enhanced visuals, performance, and, of course, accessibility options. Eager players can use this guide to find out what time the PC port of God of War releases in their time zone. Most of the launching for God of War onto the PC happened January 14th to January 15th. So, at the time of this episode dropping, you are now officially able, no matter where you are, to play God of War on your PC. Now, let's get into our takes on this. Jessica here is very optimistic about the enthusiasm that PlayStation fans have to see one of their beloved titles go over to the PC. But we know... <laughs> that the last time something like this happened, i.e. with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, PlayStation fans were the opposite of happy and started smashing their shit. So, I guess to go around the table and ask a few questions here, one, how do you feel about God of War being brought to PC? And two, do you think we're gonna see the same reaction from PS or PlayStation fans? Peaches, let's start with you. I mean, we always talk about this um, whenever PlayStation ports something else to a uh, PC, like, you know, when Persona 4 went to PC and when, I, I can't remember the last one, it, 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 oh, Bloodborne um, going to PC. But I think everyone that was going to smash their PlayStation has already done it. You know, they, they got all their anger out already and now they don't have a PlayStation anymore. I feel personally attacked by those comments. <laughs> What, are you going to smash your Nintendo if Mario comes to Steam? Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, I will. Fucking do it again. I would and I will. <laughs> Zara, what about you? How are you feeling about this? I'm kind of indifferent. I've always wanted to get into God of War. And I mean, I guess this is my chance to. So that's rather exciting. Yeah, I'll probably pick it up. It looks good. Looks fun. I, I kind of agree with Peaches. I think everyone is kind of over-breaking their PlayStations at this point. But, you know, if you do want to break your PlayStation out of frustration over this, send a video to Game T on our Twitter. We would love to see it. Or just give it to Zara, because Zara doesn't have a PlayStation still. Hashtag sad Zara sounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sad Zara sounds. Well, what's really funny about all of this, actually, is we really honestly haven't seen nearly as much backlash from PlayStation fans about this as we do with Horizon Zero Dawn, which is really odd, right? Because as great of a game as Horizon Zero Dawn is, it's no God of War, right? Because if PlayStation fans were to talk about like the greatest games that have come to PlayStation, God of War is usually somewhere within the top three. And Horizon Dawn Zero Dawn is more likely to end up like in the top 10, right? Like a great game, not necessarily everybody's top game. And yet I've seen a lot less backlash about God of War. Why do you think that is, Zach? Do you think people who are upset for some stupid reason have already gotten it out of their system and destroyed their PlayStations? I don't know. Internet kind of just been toning it out, to be honest, which makes it hard to do the news. But um, yeah, people just throw a bitch fit about everything. And um, it is costly to break your PlayStation. So believe it or not, <laughs> hopefully those numbnuts have realized that breaking their PlayStation actually does nothing. Winky agrees with me. She just opened the door. God damn it. Hi, Winky. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm in the same boat. Like, 
As the residential Sony PlayStation fan, I never gave two shits in the first place if these titles moved over to PC. Because to me, it's just like, oh, well, this game that I've enjoyed so much can be played universally by more people. But for these other twats, they're like, no, console war all the way. Like, they're very upset about it. I I just personally don't get that. Like, I guess, like, Zar, how would you feel if, like, Halo moved over to the PlayStation or something like that? I mean... It's not fair to ask an Xbox gamer about (laughs) uh, losing exclusives and things going to other platforms because the PC and Xbox have pretty much been one in the same for the last 10 years or so. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't really have a problem with losing exclusives to other platforms because that just spreads the Xbox love. The Xbox love. I don't like the way that was worded for some reason. The Xbox love. Ugh. And you look at those Ugh. numbers. 74,000 people concurrently playing God of War. I bet there's a little bit of repeat, but those are probably mostly new people. Like, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I'd imagine so, because now it's widely available. Have they ever seen that big of a peak to players? I mean, I'm sure they have to, like, immediate releases. Like, to kind of echo what, I don't remember who said it, but they said it here earlier. Actually, I don't know if they necessarily said it about God of War, but they did about Horizon Zero Dawn. It's like, for the PlayStation players who care about exclusives, they've already played God of War probably multiple times, to be honest, because it's been out for almost four years. So I'm hoping and thinking that most of these are probably new players that have always wanted to play the game. But, you know, maybe they're they're just a PC gamer that don't really want to invest in a console, which I totally get. Yeah. And uh, that is just for like Sony releases. So I think, what is that? Their second is Days Gone and then Horizon and now God of War. I think so. Yeah. And I mean, like if there is any PlayStation fanboy out there that is super like depressed or angry that one of their exclusives is leaving the console, like just know you still had the amazing opportunity to play this like four years before anybody else got to if they don't own a PlayStation. So maybe shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's like a VIP club. Exactly. Consider yourself a VIP. Because I mean, think about it this way. God of War 2, which hopefully will be out this year, maybe beginning of next year, I hope doesn't get delayed, but you never know what will happen. Like PlayStation fans are going to get first pickings to play that game too, right? And then probably inevitably it'll come out. But still, like, could you imagine playing God of War on the PC and absolutely adoring it? And then seeing that PlayStation fans get God of War 2 this year. Oh, like, I gotta know what happens to Kratos. That's too damn bad. Gotta wait. Spoiler alert. I think he's probably going to die. I don't know. Uh, Definitely Kratos has died in like every game, hasn't he? Yeah, that's the other thing is like, (laughs) that means nothing in this world anyway. Kratos has died and clawed his way out of hell several times. Can't contain this, man. It's just like, oh, hey, Kratos. Like, no, I'm not going to fight you. Just get out of here. Boy. Well, I'm pretty much done. (laughs) Uh, Zach, would you like to take the next article? It's over one of your games. Somebody better pick up that phone because I fucking called it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um... Nintendo Shadow Dropped Kirby. There wasn't a release date for this. I didn't expect it to be so soon because this was... I'll let Zara say it. Zara, what did you describe this as? Kirby's Odyssey. Kirby's Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of parallels just based on the colors, honestly. like I mean, like the, just the art style and like kind of what they're going for um, looks very Super Mario Odyssey. 
I think it looks gorgeous. And I'm curious, um, I guess I'll go over my thoughts super quick and then I'll pass the book because I uh, don't want Chaz to get too negative on me. It's too quick. <laughs> a lot of different biomes. Like it looks like there's some grasslands, there's an amusement park, there's a water level, there's that broken city. The music was very cheery and Kirby. And, you know, Kirby like kind of is kind of the safer Nintendo franchise, but like their music always fucking bops. So I'm excited to hear this music. There is no story. It's a Kirby game. There will be no story. Good guy versus bad guy is the synopsis of every Kirby game ever. <laughs> right. A little speculatory. I think like the warp star could be a mount, which I think is just such a natural fit. And I like the abilities they show. Um, as you could tell from the itinerary, the two new abilities are the drill, which is like you get to go underground and stuff, which I'm hopefully there's some like platforming elements to it, like some problem solving with that. That'd be cool. Um, and um, the gun, which, you know, Kirby can shoot people now. So rated E for everyone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking amazing. Um, co-op. They talked about and player two gets to play as Waddle D and do spear life, which I think is kind of cool. Oh, that way. That's so cute. Yeah. So that was kind of like the gist of what I got from it. I think artistically, it's not like pushing the boundaries or anything, but I think it looks cute and very Kirby. -y. So uh, I guess I'll throw it to Czar. Czar, what do you think, boss? Oh, I think it looks great. It looks so much fun. And how long has it been since we've had a new Kirby game? Has it been like since Air Ride or something? What do you mean new? I feel well, like I mean, if you're if you're talking about like the latest Kirby game Star Allies for the Switch, which came out a couple of years ago, would have been like the newest. I mean, that's just a demo game that comes with every Switch. It's a brand new game. It's still sixty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got it for free. No, you didn't. What do you mean you got it you for got, there's free? There's a demo on there, I think. That's about it. There's actual full game. Or maybe I was thinking like fighters, Kirby fighters or something. Yeah. There's a one-on-one -on -one fighting yeah, arena yeah, yeah. or something That's like that. Right. That one's free to start. Mm. And then mm. like the last, so like Kirby Star Allies 2 was, I'm hopefully don't get my, like the five Kirby fanboys mad, but like <laughs> it was pretty much a Kirby's Return to Dreamland, which they did that back on the Wii. And then they did Squeak Squad, and then they did uh, Planet Robobot. Um, and I feel like I'm missing one or two in there. But yeah, Kirby mostly has played it safe. Like the last 3D Kirby, which it wasn't 3D. There hasn't been a 3D Kirby. There's 2.5D on the N64 with Kirby Crystal Shards. So yeah, you are right. This is like mm. a new gameplay style Kirby. So it really is Super Kirby Odyssey. Odyssey. And that's awesome because we have <laughs> Kirby's been a little scarce lately. And I really Kirby's one of my favorite Nintendo IPs. Very excited for this game. He's just so fucking cute. He's just, I just love him so much. Babe, wake up. New Kirby lore just dropped. Do we <laughs> do we let our Eeyore shatter my happiness? Always. Peaches, I was trying to segue to Just That's your cue. Chess, do you want to talk? Oh, um, yes, <clears throat> I have. I have some thoughts. Um. So, be nice. I'm soft. If Kirby can have gun, why not give gun to Mario? What does mm. Mario need with the gun when he has the power of friendship? That's the new uh, Ubisoft game. Or not new, but Mario and Rabbids? He's got a gun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the Mega Man blaster looking thing. No, I mean, like, you know, there's like a nine millimeter pistol that he can shoot people <laughs> with. You know, maybe he brings it into Mario Kart. Yeah, they got that on uh, Playground Games. What's that called? That one sketchy website that you always got a virus for visiting, but it had fire videos. Newgrounds? Yeah, they got that on Newgrounds, but I don't know if that's like actually a thing. Uh, I mean, Grand Theft Mario. Like, Kirby's whole aesthetic is being a cute 
round puffball. I think it's a lot funnier to give him a gun than it is Mario. If Kirby can have gun, why not Link have gun? Link, maybe Link should have a gun. Link has a crossbow. That's as good as it gets in that era. Yeah, you'd think with all the Sheikah Slate technology, though, they'd have more than just like a laser projectile from a robot. Link has the ability in Breath of the Wild to call thunderstorms down on several enemies at one time. He does not need gun. And lastly, if Kirby can have gun, why <laughs> not Pokemon have gun? Is that foreshadowing? It do you want to talk about the next one? Blastoise has gun. The gun. There's already a Pokemon in the shape of a sword. But why? But Blastoise has cannon on back. That's not a gun. <laughs> the, the, the rate it fires kind of on the Pokedex, accordingly, actually, would be better than a gun. I want to see a Bidoof <laughs> about to get captured and then just pull a gun <laughs> on the trainer. <laughs> not today, bitch. I'm out of Pokemon, Gary, but I'm not out of options. <laughs> <laughs> okay. JP, do you do want you, any thoughts before we go on to Pokemon? Because I feel like we want to talk more about Pokemon. <laughs> do you remember that Pokemon? That's a good segue. Do you remember? I know this has nothing to do with Kirby, but do you remember the episode of the Pokemon anime where that guy shoves a gun in Ash's face? Uh, no. You don't remember that episode? As our social media guy, I want you to put that on our thing right now. Me, me, I'm so, yes, I'm gonna post it because it's fucking hysterical. Honestly, I'm extremely excited for this Kirby game. I don't know, like, I feel like everything trying to be a quote-unquote open-world adventure is somewhat annoying until I realize that, like, people are redefining what open-world adventures actually mean. I think that the way that Kirby is going to be played throughout this game, I think it's really creative. It looks really fun. I'm really excited. You know what I'm really excited about more than anything? Building a town with all these Waddle Dee and fishing because that looks adorable. Also, big suck. I'm done. <laughs> you guys remember when I was talking about Pokemon? Big suck. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Zach, you want to talk about the new Pokemon trailer? You guys sick of my voice? You don't want to. You don't want to hear about the big suck? <laughs> Zach? Fine, talk about Pokemon. All right, so in typical, I mean, technically it's Nintendo fashion, but it also is, I think, Game Freak. I don't know. Uh, Pokemon Day, if you didn't know, is next Tuesday, okay? It's the 25th. And then Pokemon Legends Arceus comes out the 28th. And like I talked about last week, I was like, I really hope they just release a trailer because I know nothing about this game and I think it needs a little bit more time to simmer before they release a bunch of information on that Tuesday. If you didn't know, Pokemon usually releases like a Poke Direct on like January 25th, because it's when Pokemon Red and Blue, or Red and Green, released in Japan. And so, yeah, they usually do two Poke Directs, one before E3, a week before E3, I think, and then that one on Pokemon Day. So that's why I was sitting here like, I hope they do something before, because there's a lot of questions with Pokemon Arceus. And so, again, like, I think it was the day after the Kirby trailer. They just dropped this trailer. And I was like, oh, this is a good, this is a good week. This is like, if we would have had like a mini direct, this would have been a full mini direct. All right. I'm just saying. Like, they just would have threw in some like shovelware or whatever, you know, and then been like, okay, and Pokemon and Kirby. And I'm like, this is pretty good. Mmm. All right. Okay. Sorry. Um, off topic. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I called it again. Uh, anyway, Pokemon, I think it's a neat art style. Like, the textures, yes, a little half-assed, a little half-baked, but I like the cell shading slash comic art style they're going for. Like, it's a nice, like, mix. 
Um, I think it looks really neat, like specifically where I think it looks neat. And the reason that I'm so excited for this game is because Cyndaquil is back in the limelight since Pokemon fucking Crystal. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot you're a big Cyndaquil guy. I mean, like, I'm more of a Charizard fan at this point just because I like I like content. You know what I mean? Like Cyndaquil's just been like, mm, you know, you have the same stats as Charizard, but are you really, though? And it's like, <laughs> he is, though. Um, and so, yeah, Cyndaquil, like his fire, like on his back just looks mm, cream of the crap. And so, yeah, that's why I'm I'm really uh, gaslighting. Gaslighting? No. Bussing over this. Bussing? Can I say that? Is bussing a verb? I feel like it's more of an adjective. I mean, <laughs> this Cyndaquil is bussing. Yeah, so anyway, I think Cyndaquil looks dope. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what? One of my first questions for you on this, Zach, uh-huh. is uh, what new info? Because we had an official extended gameplay trailer, or not even a trailer, just extended gameplay that dropped on January thirteenth. What did that tell us about this game that we didn't already know? So we didn't know a lot. We had to piece together, and I think Game Explained did a really good video on like kind of like describing it as a Monster Hunter series kind of thing. Like you basically would get an activity, and then you would go out in the world, do the activity, and then you would come back. Right. They really haven't done a good job of differentiating if it's open world or mission structured. So there's going to be salty people no matter what on the 28th. And But this pretty much solidified that it basically is like, hey, missions, come back, boost up your rank. Now you can go fight alpha Pokemon. Boom. Now you can go fight. So alpha Pokemon. Sorry, I'm kind of jumping the gun. Are like they looked fully evolved. I don't know if it has to always be fully evolved, but. How you can tell them apart is they're red. Garchomp had red eyes. Walrein had red eyes. And basically these Pokemon are like, yo, I'm going to fuck you up, boy. And so you have to be really good. Okay. I assume it's really good. Like, let's be real. It's Pokemon. So we'll see how hard it is. Um, and then there was the, like, the Cleaver, which is Scyther's, like, Hisuian. Hisui? Sorry, help me out. You just... Hisui? Hiswee. Uh, <laughs> it was it was Hiswayan. 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 Right. Okay. Which was Scyther's evolution. And that was like the next step up. So there's like three tiers. There's like regular Pokemon catching, like semi, like mid-boss, and then there's boss boss. And then I imagine you go on to the next thing. Interesting. Yeah, but there's a so in the trailer there was an emphasis on gathering, which very monster hunter, like you have to have the tools to do the job. That's how you make your Pokeballs. That's how you get berries to throw out Pokemon. And then they kind of focused on like, you will get knocked out in this game, which I thought was cool. Like people have been asking for a harder, I'll put in air quotes, Pokemon game. This kind of looks it. We'll see how hard it actually is. But like they talk about blacking out very often. And they're like, if you're not like well prepared for these bosses, you're going to get your butt whooped. So we'll see how true that is. This is a really big departure. And I think it's really, really cool. Furthermore, did you guys see what they were doing with the single strike style, which is where a move hits really hard versus a quick style, which is where it's really fast. I'm trying to understand the way that the styles work in general. It doesn't seem terribly complicated, but essentially the whole like idea with Pokemon Arceus, right, is like this is the origin story of how people came to like capture Pokemon and work alongside them, right? It's almost as if like these different styles almost like coexist with like type advantages almost because like the research that like Professor Oak and all of them had done on type advantages just hadn't existed yet. That's kind of like that's my take. Like, what do you think, Zach? Is that in the ballpark? What do you think? They really haven't told shit for shit for like story. Like basically, we're just a young adventurer um, and we are growing in this galaxy team. And I'd say how you described it 
Seems like a pretty good, like, you know, just throwing darts at the dartboard. That sounds like it could stick, JP. That sounded good to me. I mean, if I'm right, I'm never going to let you guys forget it. Be- of course, as you should. Right, obviously. That's how we do things here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something else I really like that was introduced, Ek. Um, There are a few new Pokemon here. Did you want to talk about them? Like, for example, I'm all about this Cleavor thing. Yeah, um, there's Cleaver, and then there was, like, they did, like, a Twitter thing with the new Voltorb, which I thought was kind of... Voltorb needed some love, but Voltorb's such a basic Pokemon. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> yeah. now he's grass electric, which makes sense because the balls, you know, in the game that you're using are now they're wooden balls. So, I mean, I thought it was like clever, um, but yeah, <laughs> also it's Voltorb. So it's still a ball, <laughs> <laughs> but it's Voltorb. I read this Twitter post the other day that was like, you know what I love about Pokemon? Every single Pokemon that exists is somebody's favorite, right? So somebody out there was really excited about that Voltorb. Yeah, absolutely. And what else? Like, they're talking I'm about sorry. their... I'm oh, sorry. Go I got to stop us right here. I refuse to believe that Set of Keys Pokemon is anyone's favorite. <laughs> Klefki? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Dude, somebody out there is all up, was like, saw Klefki and was like, oh, this is sick. <laughs> somebody. I, I don't believe it. I can't and I will not. But continue, Zach. <laughs> what about like Dunsparce? Somebody's favorite Pokemon's probably Dunsparce. Yeah. In my opinion, the most useless Pokemon that's ever existed. Dude, don't worry. Dunsparce Evolution coming at you soon. 2064. Oh my god. It's gonna happen. What a useless Pokemon. Anyway. Dunsparce Mega Evolution. Oh my lord. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, there's not been a lot of. I don't know. Is there anyone I met? Like Growlithe looks really cool. It's Rockfire now. Really curious to see how Arcanine looks. Again, there's a lot of people getting mad that it's Gen 1 getting the love, but that's fine. Yeah, but when doesn't Gen 1 get love? As an old man, I appreciate it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But I understand that the younger audience is like, use a bitch. And that's fair, too. (laughs) That's fair, too. They just don't understand origins. Whatever. Now, Zach, in Pokemon Legends Arceus, will a Snorlax ever block your path? I mean, because I feel like in this in this type of Pokemon game, it's a lot harder to uh, rationalize why you couldn't just do the old Midwest. Oh, let me just sneak right past you. <laughs> I I think that would be a huge missed opportunity if they don't do that. I I'm, I'm with you on that one. Oh, let me get on by you. Just there. Dynamax the Snorlax and just leave it in the middle, blocking your way to Arceus or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like you can even see Arceus and it's just the Snorlax just blocking. <laughs> Like, I see it, though. There's a Badoof right in front of the Arceus. Like, don't worry. If he gets past him, I got you. Pulls out the Glock. <laughs> I got you. I... Me and my five identical friends. Uh, and then, like, if you try and go by water, there's a Dynamax Waylord underneath. Like, you're fucked either way. Like, you gotta, you gotta figure it out. I may be out of Barry's trainer, but I'm not out of options. <laughs> uh, that's the joke that keeps on giving. Um... Okay, and then I thought, again, I, I feel like I need more synonyms for what I thought. Anyway, the biomes were the last thing I noticed. Like, I am still anxious because there's been a lot of focus on just that grassland, that mountainous grassland, whatever you want to call it. Um, they showed some volcano area. They showed like a, I don't even know. They showed a bunch of different areas. So I think there's a good variance on it. Ancient Sinnoh sounds pretty neat. Like, there better be some cool shit. I don't know. I guess where I'm going with that. 
Did you guys notice anything that stuck out? Like between the biomes, we talked about the new-ish. It's like the battle system isn't new. It's like with a twist, more or less, with that that increased style style based. Somebody called it Safari Zone, the game, and that made me really depressed. Because <laughs> they're not entirely wrong, but I don't want to think of it that way. Oh yeah, more thought out. I can see that. One thing I'm a little anxious about, or not anxious, uh, I guess that I'm not looking forward to having to do in the game is observing the Pokemon doing different things. It's like, if you want to like really fully progress, it's like you have to observe this Pokemon eating this food to see what it likes, or this Pokemon doing <laughs> this behavior. And it's like, I did not come here to do Pokemon Snap. You must, I, you must observe Badoof doing his taxes. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, what the fuck? JV, what are your thoughts on that? I'm curious. On mm-hmm. which part? Like the whole... Badoof doing his taxes. Yeah, yeah. Tell me Bidoof more. Badoof doing his taxes. I think Badoof is deductible? fucked. I, <laughs> I think Badoof will get halfway through a day of doing taxes before he's like, I can't fucking read. <laughs> What is it? He like turns to a starly like, what's this symbol? And the starly's like, that's a four. I'm like, oh, OK, OK. And what's this, this one? Yeah. What's this? He's like, that's a dollar sign. Oh, OK, OK. And uh, what's this symbol? That is a smudge from the berry juice of the berry that you were eating. He's like, oh, OK, OK. Interesting. So the whole observing mechanic is something that's been done in a few different games that I've seen. But it's not like a core mechanic. Like, for example, you can do it in Red Dead Redemption 2. It's just it's not like a core game mechanic. Observing things through like your camera is something you can do in Breath of the Wild if you're looking for more of like a Nintendo example. But again, it's a mechanic that doesn't necessarily like dictate how you play the game. But it's tied to progression is my thing. Like if you want to 100% this game, you have to observe the Pokemons doing different behaviors, eating different things. I I, I think there's a group of people that are going to find the appreciation in that. And they're more likely to be the group of Pokemon fans that also like Pokemon Snap, right? As opposed to maybe Pokemon fans like Peaches. I know for you, you're sick of the Pokemon formula, but you personally like seeing like new Pokemon and like the new additions to the world, right? I I like to catch the Pokemon and then I like to make them fight. (laughs) See, but you like you do not like Pokemon Snap. That's what I think is kind of great about Pokemon, actually, is there's a lot of different things that you can get out of playing a Pokemon game, right? Some people like the the just collecting mechanic, right? That's why Pokemon Go is so popular. Some people, even though the battling is really repetitive, love the system, right? They love the rock, paper, scissors, like type advantage type system. And this game right here is just for people who absolutely love the world of Pokemon, right? And they find fun in just learning more about the Pokemon and the world. If you're in that category of people, I think you're going to find that mechanic a lot more fun. Like that's I'm excited to try that out. I think it'll be really cool to find out more about all these Pokemon. I want to see a Machoke just for no reason just clock you when you walk into a town. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. A lot of great jokes. A Machoke walks into a bar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good stuff. All right, Zach, anything else you want to add to Legends Arceus? You will have one more chance next week before the game actually drops. But for the most part, I think most of these takes are just kind of like 
We'll see what happens until the game actually drops in about a week and a half. Yeah. All right. Nintendo's dishing up Kirby's Odyssey and Breath of the Pokemon this year. That's that's pretty <laughs> solid. All right. Uh, JP, teach me about the now of PS. All right. So this next article is coming to us from VentureBeat.com, written by Mr. Jeff Grubb. So thank you very much, Jeff. Gamers in the United Kingdom will no longer have the option to buy a subscription to PlayStation Now at UK retailers. By Friday, January 21st, retailers in the country will have to pull PS Now cards from their shelves. This is according to messaging that is going out to stores like Game This Week. All right, so I'm going to put a pin in that because what's going on here has multiple levels. So the first piece of this whole PlayStation Now puzzle that we need to do is what is going on. The first piece of the puzzle is the fact that some retailers are being forced to pull the PS Now retail cards from their stores. So that's already kind of curious, right? Well, then the next weird piece of the puzzle is tweets and different photos photos that are coming from Twitter that are talking about how they have found PS3 games live on the PlayStation Store. Up for sale, right? And now it looks like most of them are some kind of error or some kind of glitch, right? It's almost as if PlayStation put those games there, but didn't mean for them to be able to be seen or available yet. Now, what we know about PS Now is that it is a service by PlayStation that, albeit is not as successful at all compared to like Xbox Game Pass, provides you the opportunity to play older PS3 to PS1 titles. Are you guys seeing where I'm going with this? Yes. Yeah, you want to go to Applebee's later. Let's do it, man. Yes! Fuck yeah! Hats! Hats at Applebee's. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you there. Not sponsored by Applebee's. Although we are trying to be. Applebee's might be one of the only places junky enough to actually consider a sponsorship. They're like, yes, please. <laughs> well, somebody said our name, please. All right, where I'm going with this is a lot of people have speculated that this might be the end of PlayStation Now. And instead, PlayStation might be moving all of that content to simply be purchased on the PlayStation Store. That is not official yet. But all of the signs are kind of the writing on the wall. It's all pointing towards that. So there's a lot to really unpack there. The most obvious being, of course, we're all super excited that some of our favorite early PlayStation titles might be available coming very soon, but also the implications and what it means that PlayStation may be giving up on their PS Now service. So I want to actually start the conversation off with Peaches. Do you think play like what do you think of these rumors and these speculations? Do you think PlayStation is backing off from the PS Now service? And if so, why? Because they're going to do their own version of like what Microsoft is doing. So get rid of the, the half-assed version. And then they're going to go all out with it. That's an interesting take, because I was almost of the opinion that they're just getting rid of the service altogether. The services altogether, because they can they figured, hey, our services just aren't doing as well. We could make more money just reselling the games, which is absolutely true. No, I think uh, they see how much money Xbox is making. And like when excuse me, uh, when they first tried to like release PS now, they like were just kind of trying to match what Xbox was doing rather than doing like their own thing with it. And right. I think they're just going to pull PS now and then they're going to uh, like relaunch a new subscription based game service. 
All right, so we've got one vote for they're eliminating all of their services altogether and one for they're doing a service overhaul. Uh, Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I'm in the Peach's boat here. Uh, there were some rumors and tweets Ooh. about, um, like you said, like merging them so they're not confusing. And like, even I, like, and I'm pretty savvy. I was like, wait, do I want PS Plus or do I want PS Now? And it was pretty much unanimously, I want PS Plus because you get free games. Plus, that's literally the only way you can have access to the online accounts. Whereas PS Now is like, it was originally a streaming thing, but they moved away from that to where you can just download the games now. Um, and they turned it into like a half-ass game pass. And so they'll get rid of the half-ass game pass, go to the PS Plus, fuse it together. And like the rumors and speculations where they're going to call like Project Spartacus or whatever. And I'm like, that probably won't be the final name, but like they're going to war with the Xbox. Why not? Let's do, let's see what they do there. I think it can be really cool. And I'm excited to see what they do because they have so many games. Um, maybe they'll even pull in some Nintendo because there was some rumors about that backward compatibility with PS1 through PS4. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what they do with all this. But PlayStation has, they have the ability, they have the power. Will they do it right? And they've got the games. And they got the games. (laughs) So what about you, Zar? That leads to you. I, I got to go with you and Peaches, Zach. I Mm. think it would be absolutely idiotic for them to get rid of the service and just sell games back to people. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I know a business Mm. likes making money. (laughs) But it just seems like it's excluding too many gamers and too many people who don't really understand the difference between PS Plus and PS Now. Um, So, yeah, I think they're just going to merge services and kind of follow what Xbox is doing, like what Peaches and Zach said. All right. It's not a bad take. I mean, the three of you may be absolutely right. It's, you know... Because everything, what we have here is a bunch of pieces to a puzzle for a picture that we don't really know what the picture is going to be, right? And it's going to be really interesting to see where it goes, but one thing is for sure. I get to finally play Sly Cooper again. Yeah. Fuck. Yes, I love Sly Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, I am glad that, like, no matter what PlayStation ends up doing, PS Now needed a huge overhaul and just a second look to kind of gauge what the fuck are we doing with this service and what do we want it to be? And it seems like they finally figured that out and now they're putting some kind of plan into motion. I'm excited for that. One of two things will happen. Either I'm right and all of these games are now just going to be available for you to purchase, which would be great, or you three are right and now Xbox Live has competition in this market where now they have to compete for like better games and better prices and things like that. I think that's really cool. And with that, I'm pretty much done. Now, Zach and I have done quite a bit of talking, but finally, Czar, you get an opportunity because this last, not even an article, it's a tweet, talks a little bit about Dying Light. So what's going on here? Yeah, I get to talk Dying Light again. Uh, We talked a little bit about this last week and how it takes, it's going to take over 500 hours to finish the game. Um... And that's basically like 100%ing it. And the comparison there was it takes 504 hours to walk to Warsaw from Madrid or maybe vice versa. Um, and so that's that's kind of been a little bit daunting to gamers. Like, I don't want to waste 500 hours of my life playing this game. But we uh, 
got an addition to that saying that it'll only take about a hundred hours to complete the story start to finish, which that is a massive fucking game. Crazy. Yeah. How crazy is that? A hundred hours just to finish the story. Because how many hours would you say it takes for dying like one for just to complete the story? Not a hundred percent. Oh, you could do that in like less than 10 hours, maybe 10 to 12. It's, it's an it's like a standard album. It's like it's about 12, 12 to 16 hours. Yeah, they said it's a a regular player should finish a story and side quest and do a lot of exploring in less than 100 hours. So like Zar, yeah, like I think though just the main story they said was like 34 hours or something, right? Right. Something like that. That's still pretty good, though. Oh, yeah. I think this is like good bang for your buck here, man. Yeah, that's that's worth the price tag, I would say. Um, And then we have another tweet in addition to this, um, also coming from Dying Light Game. Want to know what will happen after the premiere? We guarantee to expand the world of Dying Light 2 Stay Human for at least five years post-launch with new stories, locations, in-game events, and all the fun stuff you love. So that is a really interesting tweet. What are some of your thoughts on that? It's, I think that's awesome. I mean, they're claiming that they're going to continue services for this game and like updates new content, the works for five years after the game is launched. That's a lot of commitment. Like they are really trying to put a lot of gameplay into this game and adding new things to keep people there. I think that's genius. And that actually leads me to the question of, do you think Techland's the developer, by the way, for Dying Light? Do you think yes. they're biting off a little bit more than they can chew by promising that? Um, Maybe it's it's very easy to not deliver on that big of a promise, but they're also giving themselves enough leeway and generalization with the tweet that, I mean, they might add Uh, a Christmas event or a Halloween event, and that counts as extra content post five years launch. But it could also be different multiplayer aspects, different regions within the world to go explore. Um, It's hard to say if any of this, if all of this DLC will be paid and how much will just be free updates to the community. Uh, But if it's anything like the first game, Mm, there will be a lot of very good free content to keep you playing as well as some paid content that it's it's worth it more or less i think those are some really good takes and i think that everyone should click on the tweet where they talk about how they're going to be supporting it for five years and then scroll down to their reply tweet you've just been frogged you've just been frogged frog another person to be unfrogged <laughs> Wait, did you just frog us, Peaches? Yeah, I, fro- I frogged a lot of you. God damn it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send a picture of the frog to my girlfriend, Christine, along with a picture of Thanos saying, I'm sorry, little <laughs> <one>. <laughs> That'll show her. Thanks a lot, Dying Light. Lols. Oh, that's great. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> We've been frogged. But anywho, what do you guys what do you guys think about this? What do you think their content's going to be? Do you think that they're going to be able to contain and support this five years after launch? Or is it just going to kind of get swept under the rug like a year or two after? I I, I think they'll support it. Why not? Yeah, like Techland has definitely had some huge titles, but I'd say that Dying Light is at like the top of their list. It's just it rakes in the money for them. And it's funny, like you can definitely tell what their genre is, right? Because we're talking about the company that's made 
all the Dead Islands games, a game called uh, Call of Juarez Gunslinger. They're all about shooters, and even within the shooter genre, they're all about, like, zombie shooters. So they are very experienced in this category. They know what players want. I think they're going to be able to make enough creative content to be able to do five years, which in my opinion is a little bold, but I think they can do it. Furthermore, the DLC for Dying Light, the first Dying Light, went on for quite some time, didn't it, Czar? They've still got some new DLC that's like paid coming out. The most recent, I think, was Hell Raid with uh, some minor expansions to it, which is just like a fantasy dungeon crawler built within Dying Light. I think that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Yep. That's my take. And also, anybody who is complaining about the amount of content in this game can shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you're mad that for your $60, $70, you're getting hundreds of hours of gameplay. All right, well, like, hold on. Usually let's, the... let's add some more nuance to this, because I feel like we're looking at this at, like, such a base level. Like, it's not that they're mad that it's 500 hours. It's, it's that they're mad at the idea that this is going to be 500 hours of content of what is supposedly going to be copy-pasted content, right? Like, where it's the base assaults, it's the tower climbs, it's the high-value target things, you know? It's like, it's... If it was 500 hours of unique content, I don't think anyone would be upset. But it's that, from the looks of it, they think it's going to be 500 hours with a bunch of that copy-paste content. I think that's important nuance to add to I this mean, outrage. even if that's true, I don't know, like... I guess if you're doing like over 400, because like if you're saying that like the story is about 100 hours, but then like there's 500 hours to do everything in the game. I First of all, I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to throw in a lot more, you know, variety of different kinds of content than other games. For example, like that's one of the only complaints I have about Ghost of Tsushima is there's lots of shit to do, but some of it seems repetitive. Like, finding the foxes, I got so fucking sick of looking for those foxes after a while, right? But I don't... For 500 hours of content, first of all, like, I have no doubt, even in a game like Dying Light, there's gonna be a lot of different kinds of variety. But even if it is a lot of the same kind of quest, I don't know, like, people fan, people who are a fan of this game, they know what to expect. Yeah, I mean, it's like just like if you buy a Far Cry game, you know it's going to be repeatable tower climbs and all that but stuff. But is that it's, a good thing? It, I mean, it's more a matter of preference. Like, I don't get tired with that repetition because I like that gameplay, but it's very easy to see how many people would. It's a good point. I see, But don't get me wrong, Peaches, I absolutely see the point that you're making and what a lot of these other people are saying. But even then... Oh, and it's a good thing that he brought that up, too. Like... That that nuance that you mentioned earlier, that is a very important distinction to make. Well, do we have any last comments on Dying Light or is it time to get into some quick takes with Zach? I think it's time for those quick takes. All right, Zach, what is going on in gaming? All right. So Final Fantasy 14 has finally um, kind of laid out their plan for server transfers and how like, servers will be handled. But I think the important thing is like you can check out their article. It's on us uh, where our final fantasy 14.com um but basically i don't want to read the whole thing but i thought the funny part was uh resumption of digital sales to new players after due consideration of the following factors we were resuming digital sales starting on january 25th 2022 at 5 p.m jsc time um i thought that was just neat because it's like other mmos have been notorious for letting their servers kind of 
overload and like you'd have crashes and like instability issues. Whereas Square Enix was like, okay, like we're gonna stop sales. We're gonna lose a little bit of money here to keep the quality up there, which I think is just, says a lot about the game. If you haven't played Final Fantasy 14, I recommend it. I'm not a big fan, but I know a lot of people are clearly. Says a lot about the company too. Yeah. Like that they they care about their product that they halt making money on it to fix it. Yeah. Not a lot of companies would do that, I feel. So with that, we'll move to the next one. Take two acquires Zynga, which is famous for Farmville. Um, they are buying Farmville. I loved Farmville. I find this a little late, but I think it kind of goes into a later article. But um, Take Two acquired mobile gaming company Zynga for $12.7 billion with a mix of cash and stock, marking the latest blockbuster, blockbuster acquisition in a string of major deals in video game industry. And that came to us from CNBC. Um, so just thought that was good to know. We don't really focus a lot on mobile gaming, but Take Two is making moves. Uh, Chez, do you want to get the next one? Oh, Chess says skip. Skipping. All right. Um, Hogwarts delays. Hogwarts Legacy, according to Video Games Chronicle, is probably getting delayed into 2023. So, damn it. Sad JP noises. I Walls. want this game so badly. Well, at least. Even though I hate JK Rowling right now, I want the game. Well, at least they're going to make it good, probably. Yeah, I know. Microsoft is mushing, pushing forward. This is kind of like a quicker article, but I thought it was kind of funny because PlayStation, Sony just said they're going to keep producing PS4s because they're so popular and like they can't produce enough PS5s. Um, whereas Microsoft is saying to focus on production of Xbox Series X and S, we stop production for all Xbox One consoles um, at the end of 2020, says Cindy Walker, senior director of Xbox console. And that was in a response to uh, Verge. thought that was a good contrast compared to what Sony's doing. Microsoft is kind of pushing it forward. Hold on, hold on. Quick question. Did they announce that they stopped production on Xbox One consoles before coming out with this statement? Or did this statement come out before they stopped producing the consoles? Uh, I think this came out after they stopped producing the consoles. That's weird. Kind of a confirmation. That kind of sits wrong with me. <laughs> uh, well, it's a quick take, Czar. So if you don't want to be quick about it, I'm going to the next article. <laughs> yeah, you go ahead. All go right. ahead. He's like, no, please, God, armored, no. <laughs> armored Core is, um, people are getting messages for Armored Core and their interest in the game. If you didn't know, Armored Core was produced by Squaresoft, not Squaresoft, that's Square Enix, was produced by, oh my God, who makes Dark Souls? Why am I forgetting so bad? From Soft. Thank you. Oh, there was a Soft in there. My brain's not totally stupid. Okay, Armored Core, who was developed by FromSoft, is hinted at coming back. Usually you wouldn't get an article about the game unless it's kind of farther along in production. Um, but maybe they're just starting. I don't know. Uh, if you don't know, Armored Core is famous for being a Gundam Diablo matchup mix up where you just get new parts for your Gundam. Um, but it's notoriously hard, which is where the Dark Souls comparison comes into. That sounds pretty cool. As a mech fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> next up is uh, mobile gaming is making that dollar, dollar, dollar. Um, they made over. 116 billion last year, wow. which is a 17% increase from wow. the year prior. So even though this not our thing on the gaming podcast, Game Tea Podcast, clearly it's a thing. Um, so mobile gaming is doing just fine. I don't think the question has ever been about the prominence of mobile gaming. I think it's just that, like, what the hell? 
It just has that negative stigma. I smell a gatekeepy statement. Whoa. JP, when I spend the money, I get the gems that make the happy chemicals in my brain go burr. 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 Uh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Zach's like, oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay. And then so Pub G be suing again, I believe, unless my brain is farting, that they kind of tried to sue uh, Fortnite for copy and pasting the formula. Is that correct? The game looks like a copy paste. Like if you look at the screenshots from the game, like even like sections of the map look copy pasted. Uh, no, you're right on that. But like before, like they've been known to do this before, right? Like they did. Oh Fortnite. yeah, they they sued Epic Games, or they wanted to sue Epic Games. They were mad at Epic Games for copy pasting or copying the Battle Royale format. Oh Jesus! But I mean, it, I get why one. because okay, never mind. yeah, let's no. just, uh, continue. No, you're good because I think that's good context. I'm trying to go quick, but not like jeopardize well, the actual like, thing so they they sued they sued epic games because epic games didn't plan to have fortnite have a battle royale until epic games acquired like the um pubg people i can't remember there it was like blue something and then they changed to pubg corp oh, blue point games um, but yeah, until they acquired it fortnite wasn't going to have a battle royale and then they added a battle royale after seeing the success of pubg right so that that's where like a grain comes in, but then like when I go to The Verge and look at J. Peter's article, um, just like Chez alluded to, I don't know if we'll keep that or not, but PUBG Maker, um, they filed a lawsuit because they made a new game called Freefall. And it's basically like, hmm. and I don't know if Chez, if you know more about that, but it's basically just an app on the on the store, correct? And it's just like a mobile version of PUBG. I mean, PUBG already has a mobile version. That's why I'm confused. So... PUBG Crafton, um, maker Crafton, filed out a lawsuit on Monday stating that Free Fire and Free Fire Max extensively copy numerous aspects of Battlegrounds, both individually and in combination, including Battlegrounds' copyrighted unique game opening airdrop feature, the game structure and play, the combination and selection of weapons, armor, and unique objects, locations, and overall choice of color schemes, materials, and textures. He alleges that they've earned hundreds of million dollars from sales in the app's and that Apple, Google have similarly earned a substantial amount of revenue from their distribution of Free Fire. And if you go into the Verge article by Jay Peters, you can see that this is pretty gross. Like it's it's a copy and paste. There's a few differences for sure, but you can tell it's like one of those memes of, yeah, copy my homework, but don't make it, but make it look different. <laughs> yeah. All they changed was the name. Like what's discuss what pisses me off about like PUBG going after someone like Fortnite, right? Is like, sure, maybe you created battle royales, but Fortnite is like, they transform it enough to definitely be a discernible, different kind of styled game. Right. Whereas this is just a straight up PUBG clone. Absolutely. So I think that's good that we like, I know it's a quick tape, but really went into it and explained like, hey, like this is very much pretty gross. And I hope that this gets shut down. I think gaming has done this before. Like I look at all the Pokemon clones that are on um, the App Store. Like there's a lot where they're like, you can play as Charizard, but it's not called Charizard. It's called like the Digimon clone of it or whatever. You know what I mean? Greymon. <laughs> yeah. I think the most blatant copyright I've ever seen on the app store was like Pocketmon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and like the thing is, um, a lot of the time these mobile apps and like stuff are, you know, from like Chinese like corporations that are copy pasting it. 
Um, and so it's a lot harder for US based or like, you know, European or where have you uh, places to sue them because it's like, wait, you're going to sue the Chinese corporation like what? No, OK, they're just not coming. You're done. It's over. You lose. Hmm. We are not out of options. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's it for the quick takes. Then the only thing left to do for today is game releases. Peaches, you haven't had much of a talking opportunity today. How about you take the game releases? All right. Uh, January 20th, we have Paparazzi coming out for Xbox Series, <laughs> Xbox One, and PC. Rainbow Six Extraction coming out for PS5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Stadia, and PC. Windjammers 2 coming out for PS5, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, and PC. Then on January 21st, we have Baby Storm, which is, I hope, exactly what it sounds like. Uh, coming out for the Switch. <laughs> and then Mousecraft coming out for Xbox One. And January 25th, El Ijo, a Wild West tale, coming out for iOS and Android. Just to clarify, what do you think Baby Storm means? Literal babies falling from the sky, thunder and lightning. Yeah, okay, we're all on the same page. <laughs> And that's really it for today, boys. Any last concluding thoughts before we get out of here? Do you think Paparazzi is like a game where you play as a puppy member of a puppy paparazzi and then you harass celebrities so much it makes them have mental breakdowns? Were you thinking of Tobey Maguire when you said that? And Britney Spears. Oh, poor Britney. Poor <laughs> Britney. You know, we all made fun of Chris Crocker for screaming, leave Britney alone, but I think he was right. Yeah, at oh. this point, we're all just kind of like, why didn't they leave Brittany alone? Poor gal. Poor Brittany. Well, now that we're ending the episode on a high note, I think it is a great time to say goodbye. And thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. You just got your game tea. Bye. Should I just give him a kiss on the forehead here? Do it. Mwah. Give who a kiss on the forehead? All the listeners. <laughs> You want to? Why don't you just tuck him into bed and give him a warm glass of milk while you're at it, Peaches? Hey, it's always important to kiss the homies goodnight. Yeah, I, <laughs> I do that every day. All right, fine. Give him a smooch. All right, one more for the road. Mwah. Later. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.